Hello, everybody. It's Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and this is the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. But real gay. I did it. I did it right. You did. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Whether you're watching us on Facebook or on YouTube or on Twitter, say hi. Share the broadcast. To those of you listening later on iTunes, Spotify, the whole world, hello. We are grateful to have you all with us today. How are you, Del Shore? Oh, just filled with love and gratitude for all mankind. It's just a beautiful day. I've got my coffee. I, I, I mean, it's going to oh, kick no. in a minute. It's going to be one of those kinds of shows, Emerson. Oh, no. We'll all be able to tell when the coffee kicks in. Got a chocolate coffee. in it, too. More caffeine. <laughs> Just every little bit. Uh, y'all, Dale rolled in at like 59 seconds to showtime going to get that coffee. And the girls were an adventure out on the road. Yes. You know, I mean, those of you who follow me on Instagram, you know that I have... Uh, two, uh, I have three dogs and two of them uh, behave and one does not. And uh, and ironically, or that's probably not the right usage of the word because Emerson always has me, but uh, Gracie loves Emerson the most and she's the most troubled. And she has PTSD from traffic or she was found in the streets. And so it is like pulling a, a, a rock just to get her to go. So I, it was a mistake. It was a mistake to take them. <laughs> Say we all live and learn. I'll be honest, today I'm I'm excited to be here with all of you, but it's a little effortful. Today's been a, a slog. This week is a little slogging. No real reason, nothing going on particularly, but a little more work than it's been for a minute. Is anybody else feeling so, that way? You know, you know sometimes, sometimes you don't. Well, uh, sometimes I, I, you know, I talk to a lot of, of, of friends and, and family, and sometimes you you try to dissect it, and you go, "What is it?" I, I mean, I've had the same conversation, just the reverse with you, not too long ago, and I didn't know why, but yep. you know, it was it was there, and uh, I'm feeling really good today. So at least one of us is in a decent mood. Correct. Well, also, I think, you know, as we continue, we went out Sunday, we went to the patio at La Boheme, sat in a little corner, walked through West Hollywood, did not go anywhere else. I was definitely having sensory overload a little bit. Um, and I think one of the things I'm trying to take forward from the pandemic into life is like all of us continuing to say those things more often, you know, not a big deal. Like I'm not, I'm not in a crisis, but being willing to share with people in your life more often how you're doing. You know, I don't need a ton of sympathy, but sharing with you all today's a little bit more work. I don't need a violin to accompany me, but I think but, it's good for us, you know, to share those things. So the really yeah, but you also said something very interesting. I, I was talking to you earlier today. I was reading in the LA Times that uh, going out again uh, is, is stressful and there's an anxiety level to it because we're like feral cats. We've just been locked up, you know, and now we're, we're we we have to acclimate. And there's it was talking about specifically how people are even hesitant to to go to live events again. And and I have to tell you, I I have some good news. I I, I booked uh, Provincetown. I'm going to be playing uh, there. Of uh, yeah. all, all the details, but. Uh, July 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 5th and 6th, and uh, as well as Debbie Holiday is also performing there. But I have to tell you, Emerson, I got anxious thinking about putting a show together. Can I do it? Uh, the insecurity of standing in front of a, an audience again with a mic and making y'all laugh. And oh, it's, it's, but, but, but I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled yeah. to dip my toe into the the scene, and but it was also talking about people coming to your shows, how there is anxiety there. So I was wondering if anybody else is feeling that a little bit, going out, you're just, you know. Yeah. And there's also, you know, in this transition period, right, where we're not all the way there, you know, herd, we need herd immunity for lots of people's protection who can't get vaccines, but some people are. You can't, you can't and shouldn't be making as many assumptions as you could before about how other people are behaving in public now that the CDC guidelines are changing. And I think we wanna each do what's best for us uh, and not worry so much about other people. Uh, because talking about theater, you know, they, New York just announced Broadway can reopen 
much sooner than expected, but they're still waiting for the fall. LA County looks like we're about to be announced that we're in the yellow tier this week where bars can reopen at like 25% capacity. Lots of things are more options are available. And I think there's two things there. There's a stress associated with having to make personal decisions related to how you want to behave, knowing you don't know what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think Blake keeps threatening or offering to teach people re-entry classes. You know, some of us need to learn how to be re-socialized, you know, lots right. of- Whole other meaning just went through my head, those re-entry oh. classes, because so I may have to take some of those myself. Well, yeah, you know, a certain amount of time off, and they, they say it's like riding a bicycle, but you might be a little rusty. Well, and also, you know, you get a little older and your self-esteem starts suffering. You have a surgery on your arm and you're just wondering how, oh, wait, oh, that hurts. Oh, oh, you know, it's like you almost have to just call a good friend and say, I, you know, can we just try this out? Because I am uh, deformed now and I need I need someone with patience. That's what you do. You, and you should call it a rehearsal. You know, yeah. I'm not quite ready for a performance with a uh, new audience. So I need a rehearsal with someone I trust. I guarantee uh -huh. if you went on YouTube and typed in best sex positions after shoulder replacement surgery, someone <laughs> has made a video about it. I know who to call. I know who to call. I'm gonna call him after this, uh, after the show. And just um, see, he's not here in this town anymore, but you know who I'm talking about. And I, I, that that would make it, me feel very comfortable. Uh, yeah. I just, wait, wait, I want yes. to ask you a question. Uh, because uh -huh. you said you, you got a little booth at Liboium and I saw you and Blake and, and I want to bring this word back. You know, I'm trying to bring a lot of words back. Did y'all neck? <laughs> uh, uh, no, old lady. Necking uh -huh. is something that you people do who are saving themselves for marriage. <laughs> Once you've had sex, you don't neck anymore. It's just the funniest word to me. It's like some, you know, it's like the gossips at the church. They go, they were seen naked, 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 not naked, naked. Uh-uh. I think necking <laughs> is like necking is like hand jobs. It's one of those things you do until you've had sex, and then after that, why do we bother? <laughs> so, so also, uh, Emerson, I wanted to. Uh, go, go go ahead. I'm sorry. You were well, I thought we'd that. read some of the comments. Yeah, you do, please, please, was doing. Please. I'm just hogging. Um, the coffee kicked in. Well, I was about to say, here it is. I was like, you know, we got one minute left before we get to the stories, and there's always a new topic. Leanne said, since I broke my ankle and I still can't get a proper amount of exercise, it's getting me down. I can relate. I can relate. The weight gain got me down, Leanne. I, I gained about five pounds because of my shoulder surgery. I can relate. Erica said, I saw pics from the Rose Room and that was anxiety inducing. Rob said, it was announced three hours ago, LA County is now yellow. Yellow. Kelly said, going to see Plaza Suite on Broadway in June, excited but nervous. I feel like there's a good- I know, I feel like- Steven said, went to our first public theater performance indoors over the weekend. Several theater community folks were there, but it was crazy trying to recognize folks under their masks because of course the, the social distancing and the six feet still applies yeah. to theater. So I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, we're we're not across the finish line and we, you know, we don't want to be bonkers, but we also don't want to inhibit each other with um, fears and things we might've learned that we don't need to hold on to. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I want y'all to all go to P-Town with me though. Meet me there. We'll get over this anxiety. I'm playing the post office and Debbie's playing the post office. So let's book a trip. Yes. And what we do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. One thing before you launch into that first one, James White, the doctoral candidate who gave us the gift of the Jesus foreskin story, saw the show and what? enjoyed it. And he said, if you want to follow him on Twitter, uh, he's over there. I asked if he had an Instagram and he doesn't, you know, because he's an intellectual. But James White at J Wit, W H I T 107. So go find him and find that podcast and hear him talk about it much better and more professionally than we did. I didn't get that. Jay, I got to follow him. Um, I, I couldn't write fast enough. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that's, that's, I guess that's it for our discussion. So we'll just go right into the. On uh, news, uh, Caitlyn Jenner is in the news. And notice how I just like act like I'm happy. Okay, 
She was stopped by TMZ Saturday and asked about trans girls playing school sports. Are you ready for this, y'all? After Hammond and Holland about not expecting to be asked this out for errands in Malibu, uh, she, she said, this is a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girls sports in school. It just isn't fair and we have to protect girls sports. So just so you know, in California, legislation specifically allows girls to compete in sports under the gender identity they identify with. And it went into effect in 2004 and there've been no issues. 14. I'm sorry, so what did I say? Four. Oh, 2014. Yeah, we, we weren't that progressive. Um, and uh, just, you know, as she's, as she's going to run for go our governor, you know, just shut up. I just well, I know I, we said we weren't going to do stories about her, but this one really matters because her running as a Republican and talking about the flashpoint issue that's being used by fear mongerers uh, to target trans, particularly young people, uh, this will be held up. And she knows that when she did this and that it's been in California for over seven years, there have been absolutely no issues. Um, and I think that's really important too, because she knows how this will be used and did it anyway, as she released her first commercial for Caitlin for California today. And I found out, I didn't know that, that California specifically protected that. I learned it from a trans writer and reporter uh, online. And then saw some people point out today uh, that she plays in women's golf tournaments. Mm. So if she thinks this is a problem, spoiler alert, it isn't, but like she's a hypocrite with what she's saying versus what yeah. she's doing anyway. She's a, she's a hypocrite. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's insane. It's ridiculous. And, you know, I, the, the, uh, well, I, I didn't realize I was going to be asked questions when I was out uh, for errands in Malibu. I guess usually when she's out for errands, she runs over somebody. Just the once. Just once. Okay, just once. But, that you know, that's a lot. As Kitty says here, I know women who are stronger than me and can – uh, much my ass. Kick. Oh, I think she meant kick. Uh, it's all about the training. Also, estrogen decreases testosterone, which makes me weaker than a man. And yes, so it's just frustrating that she be will be being a lightning rod. That quote will be used by people to justify the legislation we've been talking about. Speaking of legislation, here's the bills, bills, bills rundown. An interesting study. Fox News has aired 72 discussions about trans student athletes since January of this year. That, of course, helps whip up fear uh, among the people that are being asked to be worried about this non-existent issue. And 31 states have considered bills. Five have signed them into law. And just this past week and yesterday in Tennessee, their Senate passed a bill that would require businesses to post this warning if they let trans people use the correct bathroom of their gender identity. The sign has to say, this facility maintains a policy of allowing the use of restrooms by either biological sex, regardless of the designation on the restroom. So by allowing trans people to use the correct bathroom, they have to put up a sign that says, we let anybody use any bathroom to essentially instill fear so that bigots know this bathroom must just be the most dangerous place. Um, and they also just passed their ban on gender affirming care for minors. And both of those go to Tennessee Governor Lee to sign and likely will be. But that was a new one. I haven't seen that kind anywhere else that you basically, I hope that those establishments are yet like, fuck yeah, we'll put up that sign. We want everybody to know that everyone's welcome here. That everyone will be treated respectfully here. And if that is a problem for you, don't shit here. Yeah. And you, you know can what? pee in the parking lot. And you know what? You should, they should do exactly what you just said. They should add to those, put that rhetoric, put it, and they guess because we believe in equality, we mm -hmm. respect humans, mm -hmm. we, you know, love our trans brothers and sisters. Oh, just give yeah. it right back to them with their rhetoric. Yeah, like you pee in a Gatorade bottle in the parking lot, I guess, if this is a problem for you. And uh, if you have a problem with it, get the fuck out of here. That's what right. I put it by on the restaurant. Got that? Yeah. Just like those, those people in New York. Yes. Get Lucy the fuck out of here. Get yeah. out. Yes.
Um, and then another bills, bills, bills news in Kansas. We told you Democratic Governor Laura Kelly vetoed their ban on trans girls in sports. Well, the bigger Republicans failed to override her veto by one vote, so it will not pass there. Well, and then in North Carolina on Sunday, a number of organizations got together and marched uh, against the bills being considered in North Carolina. In Asheville, hundreds of people uh, got together to let it be known they are against the two anti-trans bills being considered there. They haven't passed yet, but this is the kind of thing we've been talking about, right? Showing up, letting our voices be heard, financially supporting the organizations doing this work, because if we can stop them before they become laws, it's a lot easier uh, to kill it there than to have to fight it through the courts and let people be in danger while it's on the legal journey. So bravo, North Carolina. And bravo to North Carolina, bravo all of us who are voting to change these bigots. Get them out of office. That's the way we change now. You know, yes. we have to keep we have to keep them out of office. Uh, sidebar, uh, does it sound like I'm screaming at y'all today? You know, I get nervous because usually Blake goes on a hike or something during the show so that it doesn't this doesn't ruin our relationship. But he's home today and I'm a little self-conscious about my volume and projection because, you know, it could be an awkward evening. Well, I, you know, I don't want, I don't have anybody to get upset at me, Emerson. I don't have anybody here that would chastise me. You have three members of a captive audience who can't even interrupt your monologue. How could it be better? Oh, I know it. They're somewhere around here. They're bored with me today. All right. This is one of my favorite stories ever on this show. I don't, I just love it so much. Charlie Olivo and his husband in their little friendly neighborhood in University Heights, Ohio, had their pride flag stolen. And they just assume, like any of us would, that it's just some other bigot, just, uh, you know, run-of-the-mill bigot. So the neighbors were outraged. Everybody was like, they came together and, no, this is not our name. This is not who we are. One neighbor offered to replace the pride flag and donated 10 more for those who wanted them. The neighbor said, we kind of live in this time where there's a lot of negativity. I thought, how can we spread a little bit of joy how can we spread a little bit of light? So good for them to, for all stepping up. But later that night, Olivo's dog, Daisy, started barking like a crazy, kind of like my dogs would. And they, uh, they uh, uh, Olivo said he opened the blinds and he looked out the window and he saw this little red and orange stripe. And he goes, oh, my God. I think that's our pride flag. He looked and he saw a big fat raccoon walking up the limb back and forth. And it turned out that this raccoon had pulled it off the pole, taken it up three uh, up the tree and used it to build a nest in their front yard. He said it was very heartwarming, but pretty funny, but uh, that there, and it was a good ending. So, uh, he can keep the flag. They said the, the raccoon can keep the flag and the neighbors have all kept theirs too. So how great is that story? I just laughed so hard when I read it this morning. Me too. It's like, because I, I gotta be honest in our era, if I had one outside my window and somebody took it, I would assume the same. I said, some bigot ran by. I mean, I might think it was a vandal. I'm a little lazy. I wouldn't even bother to probably post about it on the next door app. Uh, but do you post it on the next door apps? No, that's what I mean. I would be lazy about it. I'd be like, they're like $8 on Amazon. Get another one. Of course, don't want to support Jeff Bezos, but you know, sometimes it's what you got to do. I'd just get another one. I love that they like posted about it and their neighbor was like, not standing for this. Now they have 10 flags thanks to that raccoon. Yes. Do you ever see raccoons by your house? We yes. have some in our neighborhood here down in West Hollywood. I was walking out one night and I walked down the sidewalk and there was a raccoon that was as big as a St. Bernard. When I tell you, I stood there and said, sir, ma'am, you, you, you have the right of way here. And there were four, they were running off into the street and back down into the gutter. I was like, that was an incredibly large, terrifying animal, clearly well-fed. Also very, very aggressive. Uh, we, you know, you know my hill very well. Walked down there and you know where uh, Leslie, uh, not, uh, our friend Leslie lives. 
Uh, not Leslie Jordan. He does not live on my block. And one day I'm just walking the dogs and they're like you, there's just three, a pack. I guess it's a pack of raccoons. I don't know. Y'all tell me if it's not right. A pack. That seems right. Uh, anyway, they, they, so I said, get out of here. And one of them goes <sighs> like mean, they are mean those raccoons. Okay. A group of raccoons is known as a nursery. Or a gaze. Or a what? I'm on the Google. A gaze. G-A-Z-E. Well, that explains why that raccoon wanted that pride flag. He wanted it for his gaze. I just like, you know, I just go, keep it. Keep it, raccoon. I'm not going to bother you. Uh Uh-uh. No. Angry. But that, a gaze. I've never heard that before. My cousin Melinda had a pet raccoon when we were kids. They got it when it was really little. He did. Yes, my my aunt Hortense, my aunt Shorty, and they they let that raccoon run in their house. It was just like a dog. But one day that raccoon tore up their couch. Just tore it up. Uh uh-uh. oh. Nope. <laughs> they said, "Time to let the raccoon go." Uh, a group of raccoon is called a gaze, and this ridiculous. raccoon stole a pride flag. That's, that's ridiculous. Perfect. Look at us. We are now educational programming. We're not. Um, this next story, first of all, I need to preface this. Y'all, I read the stories through the weeks, through the week. I update them because lots of stories go on for several days, and I tend to wait until the stories sort of finish to share all of the pieces at once. This next story, I'm glad I looked at it again right before the show for a new update because I had a very key detail completely incorrect. Uh, oh. In Virginia, Republican Lieutenant Governor candidate Glenn Davis Jr., a Republican, has condemned a mailer sent out by one of his opponents as homophobic. It shows Davis at a pride in Virginia Beach in a rainbow shirt with the caption, vote no. Now, I'm going to show this caption to y'all because the other candidate's campaign basically said, well, yeah, we just used a photo of him that we got from his Facebook uh, where'd he go? No, 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 no. Well, he's gone. He's gone. Hold on. Uh, and that they were like, yeah, we used that photo. It's of him, a little homophobic baiting, uh, by trying to associate him with our community. Okay, I want to be really clear in how I say this. He is a straight man. But one version of the story that I read said out Republican, I think. And so I had it that he was not, and that is incorrect. So he is a straight man, but he isn't particularly against our community in comparison to some others is the best way to put it. So they sent out this photo on the left. Well, then somebody took it and made the meme on the right and sent it out as a text message to a bunch of the delegates to the Republican convention where they will decide on the candidate saying, help Davis come out of the closet. And did you know Glenn Davis is a gay Democrat? So the graphic, for those of you listening later, says, gay Glenn and men in the girls' locker rooms, yes, votes like a Democrat. So now his opponent has said, well, we didn't make that one. We did not send that one out. But Glenn is pissed, and he is suing some unknown defendant for $450,000 in damages. So see, here's where you're not really an ally if being associated with our community is worth $450,000 in libel or slander and damages. He said, I'm sorry for my colleague's homophobia, but I don't believe the government has any place in our bedrooms, period. Sounds a little more libertarian than liberal, but, you know, take what you can get from a Republican. You know what I mean? If you're suing for that much money for for having people think you might be associated with us, you got a little bit of homophobe tendency. You know, it's like that made a claim against Tom Cruise, you know, the Masseurs or whomever, he would always sue. And then I remember this rumor came out. And I thought this is the way to really, really handle it. Rob Thomas of Matchbook 20 was, uh, there was a big rumor that Rob Thomas was gay and that he was, uh, I can't remember who it was that they were associated. Oh, it was, it was Cruz, that they were associating him with Tom Cruise. And he, made a, he responded by saying, no, 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 it would not be Tom Cruise. It would be Brad Pitt. And <laughs> I thought that that was so smart and so yeah. lovely to our community that, you know, it's like, that's not a negative to me. 
Yeah, that's not a negative. And I remember when we were doing uh, uh, Southern Baptist Sissies, the first version, there was one actor who was who was straight and he was upset about some photo in the publicity. And then the lead who we love to death, Robert Louis Stevenson, he said, I don't care because there's nothing wrong with being gay. So if people think I am, that's OK. Yeah, it, is, there, there, it feels like we are moving more beyond that, you know, there is a version of if someone isn't, of course, it's fine for them to say, no, I'm not. That's the end of the story. But that earlier thing, you know, the late 90s through the 2000s, where there was like an aggressive need to make sure people knew, I'm definitely not. How dare you and sue anybody that says um, that maybe we're moving beyond that need to distance in that kind of way, as if it's career ending or life ruining uh, to even be falsely considered. I mean, yeah. you know, if someone wants to say I'm straight, I'm not going to get angry about it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but when we were doing publicity for uh, one of the stories, I appreciate stories, that you just let that go. Uh, well, I was going to add to it because it was in in in, in the same. You, you mean let it go in what way? In the sense that people might think that I was straight. I, I, oh, I just, yeah. I mean, but but Emerson, after you, that amazing performance in Southern Baptist Sissies, so many people, I mean, not Southern Baptist Sissies, they all thought you were gay then. Uh, yeah. but, but a very sordid wedding, everybody thought you might be straight. Anyway, I was going to tell a story. Let's go on. All uh, right. Let's talk about, uh, uh, let's talk about a uh, prom king and queen. Annie Wise and Riley uh, Milk Milk were voted the best queer couple uh, the first queer couple, then they could be the best queer couple too, elected to the prom court in the history of Kings High School in Kings Mill, Ohio. A lot of Ohio in the news today. Uh, Wise was named King and uh, Louder Milk named Queen. Wise said, it's something I'll never forget. It was amazing. I've gotten people from our school saying that they're more comfortable being gay at Kings. It made it all worth it. Uh, when the school posted the results online, parents and residents, though, they got, got a little worked up. And at a school board meeting, one parent said, sorry, but I believe that there are still two genders, a male and a female. I think traditional stands for a queen that has a vagina and a king that has a penis and testicles, period. Now, I really love that they used the, 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 the penis and, and vagina at a school board meeting. I, I know. Okay, what do you imagine this woman running this court? She's gonna walk down the the row of the like prom king and queen and dukes and duchesses and all the nominees and do like a groin check. I mean, yeah, got any testicles? Anyway, a district spokesman, Don Gould, said the queen and the king that were nominated and won were thrilled. They were so excited. They feel so supported at school. What is great is it shows a lot of character of our students at King's High School. They're inclusive and they get it. Uh, and Wise, Wise the, the king, uh, pointed out a lot of those conservative people's kids voted for us. And I just think that's really cool that these kids are learning on their own and they're not taking all the information from their parents. Now, here's here's what's really interesting to, for, about this story. There is a tragic connection to recent LGBTQ history as Leela Alcorn and we did this show that we did this story on this show or on the previous Dylan Emerson show. The trans teen who died by suicide in 2014 attended this same high school, and um, and and, and I, I I don't remember exactly the, the, the words that uh, she put in her her suicide note, but she said maybe my death can change some minds. I do remember it was something like that. I thought that that echo here to think about the progress in the school, because of course there's bigot parents and like what that mother said is funny in a horrifying way, but to think that this is the same community Leela was in and to see the impact and the difference for Annie and Riley now mm. and her being aware that the kids of these bigot conservative parents are not perpetuating the same bigotry their parents have, you know, to have the self-awareness as a senior in high school, to see that break, between generations, you know, with what that must weigh on them, you know, they grew up in that community. They would have been uh, in late or late elementary school or early middle school when that happened with Leela. And so they would have always known that and what that must mean for them and the other uh, LGBTQ kids coming behind them. I thought there was hope in this community that 
had such darkness before. There is, and, and it, it's frustrating to me though, because I, I remember when Caroline, my daughter Caroline was 15 years old and Prop 8 didn't pass. And she said, you know, she finally said to me, she said, Daddy, don't worry. They're, they're all going to die. All those people who voted yes on Prop 8, they're all going to die because my generation is going to take care of this. And that there, there is some truth to that. But there is also a lot of youth now who are coming up and being homophobic again. I feel like there, there's a rise because of the last administration and uh, what we saw that happened with that. I, I don't think it's statistically supported, though. I think the volume of that group of people is just louder. I mean, I think okay. the fantasy idea of that, like, oh, the next generation will just all understand that was bonkers was probably a little rosy-eyed for any of us. Sure. Uh, but but this, any example where there's a break from one to the next is at least a win for progress. Slower than we'd like, uh, but marching inexorably forward. Yes, sir. This next one is, has a visual component, so sorry to our later listeners. Uh, but I saw this uh, man's profile pop across uh, the interweb and just thought it was a fun celebration. Mark Bryan is a 62-year-old heterosexual cisgender robotics engineer from Berlin who five years ago started wearing stilettos and skirts to work because he likes to dress like that. He thinks that clothes should not have a gender. He has over 472,000 followers on Instagram. It's Mark Bryan, B-R-Y-A-N 911, uh, if you want to check him out. This 62-year-old man has legs that I could could never dare to dream of having. Yeah. And the like, fashion-forward nature of the like skirts, dresses, and heels that he chooses. I just thought it was great. I just, I, I'm so attracted to him. I mean, yes. And also, I just love that. This 62-year-old white cisgender man in Germany who was like, clothes don't have a gender. Why is that such a hard lesson for so many other people to learn? Wear what you want, and who cares what anybody else is wearing? Mm. Yeah. I just, it was just such a lovely reinforcement of a thing we're trying to do. Wear what makes you happy, and don't worry about what other people, and if you don't have something nice about what somebody else is wearing, save it for your text thread. Well, guess what? 472,000 people do care what he's wearing. <laughs> They're following I mean, him on Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. And we've reached the halfway point of our show. Uh, and if you enjoy what we do here on the Dell and Emerson Show and want to support this show we put together twice a week uh, out of the <laughs> to give ourselves a chance to talk about whatever we want, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Colin Shores Productions at gmail.com. It is not required, but it is greatly appreciated. You know, they've started to drop off a little bit in the last few weeks now that people can leave their houses and do things. I get it. I know the people are spending money. They don't have that excess money to, to, to throw our way. Just but sitting at home. I get it. Um, and then one other quick little fun photo story to share Anderson Cooper, who just does it for me. Uh, his sweet little son, Wyatt, celebrated his first birthday last week, and he posted about it, this beautiful photo on Instagram saying, I can't believe it has already been a year. He is sweet and funny, happy and kind, and I love him more than I ever thought possible. Sweet little Wyatt. It's um, um, uh, His birthday is literally, I think, the same day or the day before my great nephew, Wyatt. My uh, who turned one as well, and that that is such a cute, cute, cute age. Yes. Uh, somebody just asked. Arthur asked, "Who is the beard in the name?" Beard Colin Shores Productions is our production company. It's where we produce all of Bell's one man shows. It's how what we produced a very sort of wedding through and beard. The third angel in our company is Louise H. Beard. She's a tap dancer, teacher extraordinaire, a Tony Award-winning Broadway producer. Uh, she first joined us many moons ago as a fan of Dell's work and has become a lifelong friend and partner. So she's the third part of our production company. She's our beard. She's our beard is what we like to say. Yes. Thank you for that question, Arthur, because we love to uh, honor and talk about 
the our our third. We are a, we are a threesome of producers, and we love Louise H. Beard. Um, the uh, here's here's a. Uh, a little soccer story. Uh, USL, a championship soccer league, started back up, and the Phoenix Rising faced the San Diego Loyal. Now, I know those are, it's all foreign. When I was reading the story, I was going, oh, oh God, it's over my sports ball. But the Rising tweeted about the match, and someone asked, when is straight pride night? The rising official account responded. This is the official account. They responded. We'll let you know when we have an asshole night and we can honor you at halftime. Oh, my God. I just loved it so much. The, the, their opponents, the loyal, jumped in supporting the statement. And also, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I, I have something. It's a, no. I loved it because when, if you remember, too, we did the story last year when they were playing, because the only out professional player currently is Colin Martin, who plays for the Loyal, and they had that kerfuffle with the rising player who used a homophobic slur on the field. So to see the rising social media account clap back uh, against somebody trying to pull them into like that sort of homophobia, and then seeing a bunch of other professional teams sort of cheered along is a reminder of watching professional sports leagues really push uh, to advocate and be inclusive. And I just thought that was awesome. I mean, I won't be watching in the games, but I will cheer along here. i tell you what I did with my friend Patrick Parker the other day. He uh -huh. sent me some hot guy, and I, it was tennis. It was tennis. He said, I think I'm going to start watching tennis. And it was a very uh, amazing ass with tight shorts on. And I said, no, you really should start watching soccer. So y'all, if you if you start Googling, you can find lots of hot men who have kind of lost their balls or their or, or their genitalia on the soccer field. It's uh it's 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 a fun little game you can play texting with your gay friends. Just it just slipped out, it just slipped out. Oops, it did. Um a little bit of that. The I know I enjoy lots of still photos from uh sports related events. But I just, you know, stick to my housewives. That's my sports. That's how I do it. Well, and your drag race, you got me to sign up for the, uh, got me to sign up. I'm paying for it. So I can sit, Emerson is like watching drag race just 24 seven. It's year round. We just finished the American Drag Race Australia started this weekend. Drag Race Espana starts at the end of the month. We've got All Star Six coming to Paramount Plus. Those are now my sports seasons. It's just where in the world is drag race airing? I'm going to start watching that Australian one so we can talk about it. Down under. Uh, for anybody who wants, you can watch all of the rest of the Drag Race versions if you're interested or care uh, in the uh, Wow Presents Plus app. It's like four bucks a month, uh, just so you know. It's been a minute since we did international LGBTQ news and uh, some challenges. We I always want to be mindful as we discuss our progress of where our community is around the world and what they are facing. Uh, and being confronted with for awareness where there's opportunities we can support them either with attention or financially. So in Colombia, there have been these huge protests happening for the last week over new tax reform introduced uh, and very visible LGBTQ people have made their presence known. There have been several videos showing queer activists on the front lines voguing as a part of this national strike and a trans woman dancing in a plaza in front of riot gear wearing police. Um, Colombian protesters are angry about the very unpopular tax reforms along with a number of other serious frustrations from the process of the peace process, environmental concerns after of course the pandemic year of closures and job loss, financial struggles. For many Colombians, the tax reforms are rubbing salt in the wound and it's always inspiring to see members of our community be on the front lines of protesting on behalf of equity and equal treatment for all people. But here is a clip of some of our community voguing at the front of a pro. Yes. Us living our best lives. I'm, um, loving the, I'm loving who's in pink. Yes. And just a striking reminder, you know, that the members of our community who cannot hide, who cannot hide who they are, uh, you know, with the color of their skin, uh, their presentation and representation, who often stand at the front uh, fighting on behalf of everybody. So just a, uh, a wonderful bit of inspiration for a very difficult time for marginalized people in Colombia right now.
Yeah, and then in, in a horrifying story is uh, in, 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 in Latvia, uh, Norman uh, Kitsoulis is a gay man who was set on fire and ultimately died from his wounds. His roommate artist said their homophobic neighbor did it. He woke up to hear Norman screaming for help at 4 a.m. just outside their front door. He found him engulfed in flames and he was also burned trying to extinguish his friend. The paper in the state fire and rescue service originally reported the crime as a pile of burning clothes. An artist called them out on that. He said, no, no, no. They, 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 this homophobic neighbor, he has reported him to the police in the past uh, for repeated threats against them due to their sexual uh, identity. Artists claimed the neighbor not only wanted them to move out of their apartment building, but also of the city entirely. And police confirmed their report, but no criminal charges were initiated. You burn a you burn a person and no criminal charges in life. Well, the criminal charges, sorry, were for their their earlier complaints. Oh, but this one is. Uh, this, yeah. this one is still in process. The, the the sorry if I didn't make that clear. The they had reported previously this homophobic neighbor for oh, I see. for homophobic commentary. They had filed reports with the police. The police confirmed that those report that report did exist, but at the time they decided no action would be taken. And so here he woke up at four in the morning to the sound of his roommate and friend screaming in their doorway on fire. And it was first reported as a pile of clothes, which sounds like attempting to diminish, diminish the seriousness of the situation. Because obviously, if you knew there was a fire, you would know there was a person there. Yeah, you know, it's, um, I've always, you know, we always have fears uh, and, and sometimes they're unfounded. But for me, it's because when I was a kid, our house burned. And I've always had this crazy fear of burning, and and, and maybe well maybe it goes back. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it goes back to those sermons. Yes, that's what it is. It's not the house burning. It started happening way before that. You know, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I always thought I'd rather drown. I'd rather drown or anything. Burning just seems so horrifying. Um, that, that lake of fire thing. I think that's weighed on many many people. And yeah. as John says, the Eastern Bloc nations are really a mess right now. You know, the influence of Russia and Putin, uh, even in satellite nations that are now free, you know, the president of Latvia put out a statement against the, the horrific nature of this crime. But like we are, community isn't protected there. Marriage equality doesn't exist there. Uh, Anti-LGBTQ rhetoric from conservatives like we've seen in Poland and other uh, former Eastern Bloc nations continues to be on the rise. And that is what creates an environment where somebody feels comfortable uh, doing something like this. So um, it's hard. And it's I know we end up with that. What do we do? Well, I don't know. I, I was not able to find a good uh, Latvian LGBTQ organization. One of my big personal things is staying out of the online, just like spewing at each other doesn't do anything for me. About, so I'll keep looking if I find a specific organization that works there um, that we can support. I'll let you know. But I didn't find something easily accessible. Because I, I, I feel like I always end up with like, oh, well, we shared this horrible story with you. What do we do? Well, I don't know. But sometimes knowing and being aware is a, is a starting point, I guess. You know, I want to say something about you um, because you you exemplify what we all should be doing. And, you know, Emerson, uh, I always say I just show up for the show. Emerson sends me an outline on the mornings we do the show. I read it over and I show up and we have a great, you know, we have a great report. And we love doing this. But Emerson really, he doesn't just do this. He doesn't just research the stories. He's always researching how we can help our community. And I so appreciate that. And, and, and thank you for just giving us those links on a weekly basis that we can just hit and donate. So I appreciate well, you. Thank you, I appreciate that. But it really is out of, you know, it's it's the thing I've grown to do that's part of how I'm taking care of my mental health after, after the last few years. It's also how I feel good about promoting the, our performances and our things that we're doing. You know, when I'm saying, look at me, buy a ticket to the show, come see this thing I've made. If I also feel like I'm contributing, even in a small way. Yeah. I, I've been joking yeah. recently. About, you know, if look, if this thing that we're working on, we can't tell anybody about doesn't work out. I'm moving to Palm Springs and becoming a barista. And then a couple of years from now, I'm going to write a memoir called A Smaller Life. Um, <laughs> because, well, I've been trying to be honest about what am I doing that's, that's actually making even a small part of my world better. You know, that's not about I'm not the one running for Congress. I'm not the one doing the big thing. But 
What's the little things that are really real, that aren't just tweets or Facebook posts, and no shame to people, that is important. There are important things we can do that way, but that stopped being enough for me personally. So it's just these little donations to organizations doing the work. That's a way that then I can say, y'all, please subscribe to our podcast and send me a Venmo tip because I'm using a little bit of it to do some real good. Well, I have to remind you, I sent you, I actually sent you an email this week from one of my students at NSU, which I'm very excited because I'm auditioning uh, and directing a play there and I'm auditioning right after this. But somebody saw Southern Baptist Sissies and I just want to remind you, Emerson, that your body of work, that our body of work does change hearts and changes minds. And it also heals uh, people who are marginalized and pe people who, who don't feel like that they, they feel like they're alone. A lot of people feel like they're alone. They see your performance in Southern Baptist Sissies. So please don't lose sight that you're, you've changed a lot of hearts and minds and you've healed a lot of people. Absolutely. And I don't want, I don't mean this isn't a like, oh, well, woe is, but it's, I've, I've wanted to be accountable for doing a little bit more directly as well. And uh, Erica literally just sent us a link and then just said, oh, wait, that's old, but we'll find something because that's what I'm doing. What is real world little actions? And I hope it's some of y'all enjoy. It's also how, you know, I can post on Instagram, look at me in this Speedo and stare at my penis. And then also donate $20 this week to this, uh, the Knights, you know, the organization in Alabama that's working on uh, trans people and people of color, you know, balance. It's balance. Mm -hmm. I'll just be telling you to donate. I, I will not be posting Speedos because that, that'll run people off. Um, so, you know, we're all in a growth. I've been trying to remind myself, I'm not trying to be perfect, but I'm just trying to be better. You know, I haven't always done great and I can do a little better. The more I learn, the more I know. And if, and if something I learn is useful to somebody that tunes in to watch us talk about nonsense and serious stuff, we all do a little bit more together. You should need to point that on a pillow. I'm going to open an Etsy store and start a cross stitch. Look, that's what's next, you know. <laughs> I'm living on tips, unemployment, and a hope and a dream. Um, all right. Unrelated, moving on. Do any of y'all remember the Promise Keepers? They're real big in the 90s and early 2000s. It was that Christian organization founded specifically for evangelical men. They would have these giant gatherings in stadiums with a mission to fulfill their destinies as godly husbands, fathers, and leaders. They also actively oppose same-sex marriage and social standards that they view as against God's expectation of men. Really, that is nonsense definitions and expectations of masculinity. Uh, well, Ken Harrison, the new 2018 chairman of Promise Keepers, they got a new conference this July at the Cowboy Stadium in Arlington. Mm -hmm. And he went on Steve Bannon's podcast to talk about why it's necessary because, in his words, how quickly we went from homosexual marriage to now men putting on dresses and being called women and playing on women's basketball teams and where are the Christian men? So what we need to do is call men back and remind us of who we are in Christ. He continued, the world right now is wondering what happened to America? Where are Americans? There's such an undercurrent who are sick and tired of the evil in this country. He blamed threats from the press, public education, and the nonsense the leftists are trying to tell us we're bad people, we're racist, we're misogynists. Well, sir, if the misogyny definition fits. Yeah. yeah. Arthur so said, promise keepers a college football coach had a daughter who fucked half the team, promise kept. Now, we aren't going to shame her because good for you. If I'd been allowed, if it had occurred to me at the time and I thought they were willing, I also would have fucked half the football team. But I was not yet there in my development journey. But I just remember that crap. It's that, you know, be a certain kind of man. And whatever kind of man you want to be, good for you. But if it requires being a kind of man it isn't in you to be, that's absurd. You know, I just think of him coming for Mark Bryan, our good friend from Berlin, wearing his his skirts and heels to work, like that's a problem. Like it affects his ability to be a man in this world. Yeah. So I hate that shit. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Uh, well, this is hate this one too. This is oh, this story. Uh, this, this is kind of proves that people are like crazy people. Uh, uh -huh. In Kansas, State Representative Mark Sansel was serving as a substitute teacher. I guess he needed a little extra money at a high school in his district last week, and students recorded videos of his lessons 
Uh, first of all, he had no control of the students. Uh, you, you watch if you go if you Google this and you watch this video, it's crazy. So he's like saying, "Make babies. Who likes making babies? That feels good, doesn't it? Procreate." Then he asks, "You haven't masturbated? Don't answer that question. God already knows. He's very big on." uh the 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 god the god and yet but yet he, he uses uh the, the word fuck a lot while he's talking to these students and talking about god he asked one student are you doing the lord's work if you're listening to the devil's music uh it sounds like uh, you know your high school sunday school teacher he's then uh -huh. struggling in a fight with a student i mean fighting with this student saying i could put the wrath of god on you right now because that's what he's telling me to do. And then he says, class, you have permission to kick him in the balls. And then he hit this student in the balls. He also ranted about a student who's tried to kill himself three times because he has two parents and they're both female. So he, he had to slip in a little homophobia there. Then he said, this is so disgusting. He's a foster kid. His alternatives in life were having no parents or foster parents who are gay. How do you think I'm going to feel if he commits suicide? Awful. Um, he's insane. It's yeah. just insanity. He, he since said the kids and I planned all of this when this, that when they released this and it went viral, he said they planned it to send a message about art, mental health, teenage suicide, how we treat our educators and one another. What uh -huh. they, uh, yeah, uh -huh, that this is all planned out. Uh, so he was then arrested on charges of assaulting the student. Well, yeah. Still currently sits on the Kansas House Education Community Committee. I mean, that was the bridge too far for me. No, I'm kidding. Assaulting a student was obviously the, but like, there's an outside perspective because I sent Della, we watched all four and a half minutes from various students' cell phone videos and the students are laughing and there's an element of this that's like, funny in bonkers way of like at, talking to high school kids about masturbation, not in a like healthy healthcare sexual awareness way, talking about listening to the devil's music, but then physically assaulting a child wearing your basketball shorts as the substitute teacher. And this man sits on the education committee for the entire state of Kansas. And, and except for PE class, I don't, you know, he, he was, he was in those basketball shorts. I, we had some rules at Zapata High School in Texas. We had rules about how you have to dress in the classroom for, especially for the teachers. I don't think we could come to, I don't think we could come to school in shorts. Be like, I'm sorry, Toto, you don't need to be in Kansas anymore. And you certainly no. need to be assaulting a student. Like this was the most bonkers, like substitute teacher, like that kind of story actually I've ever seen in the time we've been doing this, checking all the boxes of like weird religion things in school, assaulting a student. And then the lie that he and the students planned this together. Like they all arrived early for, you know, prayer at the flagpole day and then had a meeting about these, I don't know, sketch comedy routines they were going to work through uh, the day in each class about mental health and religion and procreation and personal stimulation and then assault. Uh, the only thing that made sense to me was that, yes, mental health. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely suffering from some, oh, the laundry. Your laundry is done. <laughs> I always forget to turn that off before the show. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Life is just real. And wait, Rob said, we had a high school coaches who taught other classes and wore gym shorts while they taught history. Now, I'm not going to lie. I remember Coach Crosby would sometimes substitute in, and he was the like track and football coach at my middle school. And I remember very specifically those polyester coach shorts. You know, the ones they were probably a five inch inseam and they were that real thick polyester. You couldn't see anything, you know, offensive in any way, but there was just the tightness to it. I remember that specifically. All right. Did you have? Do you not have those like coach? Those coach? No, but they had those. Yeah, they had those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those polyester ones that they wore uh -huh. out in the football. Uh huh. They just uh -huh. had to be hot. Uh huh. I don't like polyester. I don't, you know, it's the one scripture I agree with that blended fabric. I just. No blended fabrics. Those are no blended fabric for Dell Shores. I like my cotton. I don't know. I, I lately, you know, I've gotten really into like a rayon spandex blend for a summertime speedo. So I, I have to say that I'm definitely in violation of those Leviticus scriptures these days. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not the only thing you're in violation of. Well, that is correct. I mean, it is not a short list. All right. This next story. Uh, there is an organization out of Australia called No Meat May. 
and they encourage people to give up meat for the month to combat climate change, global food scarcity, health problems, and animal cruelty. They did a survey of a thousand people that came to some very strange conclusions. Almost half of the people they surveyed consider meat a masculine undertaking. Now, I don't even know what that means. What is a masculine undertaking? Like just handling meat? It, they didn't, it's not like you're butchering it personally. So just picking up some ground beef at the grocery store and throwing it on the grill is inherently masculine? Talk about weird, the promise keepers would surely agree. Uh, almost three quarters of the men surveyed said they would rather die 10 years early than give up eating steaks and burgers. A full decade. Now, I have to say, I have often joked that I would, you know, I eat too much cheese, too much dairy, too much meat, too much. I'm happy to give up a couple of the years at the end because those are just the rocking chair years. You know, and I don't need to be eating. You the know, shit yes, we give it a as you're taking off the shit years. <laughs> but I always imagine that as like three or four. When you get all the way to ten, that ten's a lot. I don't know that I'm making that deal anymore. And almost eighty-one uh, percent of those surveyed said they care about the climate crisis, but seventy-nine percent they were not willing to give up meat to combat it. So, like, mm, I think it's terrible, but I'm not going to do anything to support it. This weird connection between masculinity and meat eating, it's not even new. A 2018 study found that men routinely incorporate red meat to preempt the negative emotional states caused by threats to their masculinity. You know, like my masculinity is threatened, so I'm gonna eat a steak. I don't understand where that comes from. They said when Burger King released the impossible Whopper, you know, that plant-based meat, Men panicked about it, causing them to spontaneously grow breasts. Well, first of all, you don't have to eat this impossible burger, but it's that weird bullshit theory they got into for a while that made the rounds on the internet, right? If you eat too much soy, you're a soy boy. It would impact your testosterone and you might start growing breasts. And they're so terrified they had to run out and eat a raw T-bone, I guess. And then in 2019, researchers found that straight men see using a reusable shopping bag as feminine and would avoid recycling for fear of looking gay. Can you imagine that? <laughs> like recycling, aluminum cans, glass bottles. You know what? That just looks a little bit gay. So I'm just going to throw it in with the other regular trash. That is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. It we used really to stomp cool. aluminum cans in the front yard for recycling when I was a kid so that we could take them to the recycling center and get them chomped up and make like a dollar and 23 cents. And that sure felt masculine stomping on those cans. But like carrying your Trader Joe's bag in to put your wine bottles in, or your, they see that as a threat to their masculinity. Sir, that sounds like a you problem. Well, there's some meat that I've eaten that's probably a threat to their masculinity, but that's nothing to well, do with, you know, burgers. Well, see, the problem is most of the meat I eat, it doesn't stay swallowed. It's like the Dolly Parton diet. It goes in my mouth for a while, and then it comes back out. There you go. Do we have... Uh, yes. Do we have time for this last one? Because it's cute. Uh, so a British sex toy company, Lover Honey, was honored last week with the Queen's Award for Enterprise. It's the most prestigious award for UK business. And the award was for outstanding, now listen to this, outstanding continuous growth. It oversees sales for the last six years. They get to fly the Queen's Award flag at their office and use the emblem in marketing for five years. They also won in 2016. So they've had a lot of outstanding continuous growth. And I think their customers have too. Uh, the company said, her majesty has been a wonderful supporter of Honey Love as we have grown into being the world's leading sexual wellness brand. I love that the way they put out that statement made it sound like Queen Elizabeth is a client and customer of Love Honey. Here on their website, you get to choose whether you want to start your pleasure clitorally, penis, G-spot, or anally. And can you imagine just Queen Elizabeth perusing this website to decide who's going to give the award? Oh, yes, I think I think uh, we'll be yeah, I think for... this one's good. I think love, honey. Let's go with love, honey. Uh-huh. Um, Continuous yeah. growth that for, uh, for a long time. Amazing. 
Good for them. Well, good. You should check out Love Honey. I mean, they've got the Queen's endorsements. I, uh, I, I think I'm going to go there at, after I audition today. Uh, we could do some buy local. Uh, I buy locally. I run down to the pleasure chest when I need new things. You there know, you buy, go. Support local. Uh, well, we have come to the end of our show, and Dell has a big evening planned. Thank you to Rob Dietrich for his tip contribution today, Rob, Rob. one of our ongoing and regular supporters. If you enjoy what we do here, please do send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. We do want to tell you we will not be having a show on Friday. We have a big meeting Thursday. Dell's got some work to do on Friday. We've got auditions this week, and I'm going to Palm Springs with Blake's parents for Mother's Day. So we will see you next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, from today. So y'all, y'all, if you're a mama and if you got a mama, happy Mother's Day to all of you. And we will see you next Tuesday. And also for those of you, you know, these those days are always strange. If you have lost your mother or a mother figure in your life and it's hard for you, be gentle on yourself this weekend. Find somebody you love or a thing that you love and do that. It can be overwhelming with everybody else celebrating if that's a very uh, still painful or a, or, a, or a day of grief for you. So. Do what makes you feel good as the rest of us celebrate. Absolutely. All right. We appreciate y'all. We'll see you on next Tuesday.